crack a beer and join John and Mr. Steve as they explore the people, places, and brews of the craft beer world. You are now entering the Might Be Brews Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Might Be Brews, episode 71. My name is John. With me, as always, Mr. Steve. Mr. Steve, we have 21 days until season four of Drive to Survive comes back. You are way fired up. I am very, very fired up about that. Do it. You into F1 at all, Ryan? What's that? You into Formula One at no, all? No, not at all. All right. I'm going to try <laughs> to convert you by the end of this episode. <laughs> All right, so if you guys can't tell, we are live in, uh, is this Jamison? Jamison? Jamison, yeah. Jamison, Pennsylvania. Jamin. We are here mm-hmm. with Ryan from Warwick Farm Brewing. Ryan, thank you so much. Which one's this? No, that's not the one I was looking for. That's the wrong one. There we go. Oh, yeah. Wow, I like that. Ryan, thank you so much. Um, man, I really feel like um, I've shot messages to you in the past. I feel like we've been trying to work on this for a little while. And I think I'm glad that it didn't work out at first because I think this was the right time, the right week to do it. It was, like, yeah. Timing worked out really well. You guys came on a good day. You didn't come the week that we opened. <laughs> we have a decent, you know, it's not too busy in here. That's a nice um, little Thursday night crowd. Yeah, yeah, not bad. But, yeah, you guys came at a good time, and we're happy to have you guys here. Yeah, thank you so much. So, so we should probably explain that. You guys just opened last weekend your brand spanking new tap room yeah yeah we opened uh this is a 55 uh 5500 square foot building and finally after about a year and a half of construction we were able to start uh pouring beer inside and having our customers in here that's amazing i mean this this space is beautiful and and correct me if i'm wrong but when we were pulling up um i I guess i didn't realize that you didn't have really any tap room space like you guys were just selling cans for the most part yep just slinging it off the loading dock uh we had a drive-through customers would come through pre-orders most of it was pre-orders and then in the summertime we opened up our beer garden and did you know pours in plastic cups and uh, it was a huge hit and so it gave us some uh you know we were just excited to get this going it gave us yeah. the beer garden was super popular and we saw where this could go yeah, I'm really excited to unpack all that because, I mean, I think I really want to talk about the whole evolution of how you guys got started, how, you know, you started to pick up steam and, and got to where you are today. But first, because it's your first-time guest, we have to go back in time, and we do this with all of our guests, first time they're on. I want to go back in time to that point where you had your first craft beer moment where you had something that wasn't a traditional beer or a mixed drink you know, something that was a true craft beer, and you said, wow, this is different. I'm all in. Um, you guys ever, remember the beer Wild Blue? Did you no, guys ever no. have that? I never was, had a Wild Blue. It was Blue. like, um, oh, there's a brewery in Jersey where they got a lawsuit because the, the artwork was very similar, but it was a blueberry ale. It, like, literally tasted like blueberry juice, but it was like 8%, and I got a six-pack, and I remember tasting it. I was like, oh, my God, what is this? This is in college. And that's where kind of my interest starts sparking. Like, uh, instead of going out and partying on Saturday nights, usually I would just get a mixed six-pack and try different beers. And that's where it first started. Um, but I, I remember my first one that – the Wild Blue was the first one I liked, but Fat Tire, I remember having it. And I was like, this is so bitter. And now I look back, yeah. I'm like, that was Delicious. bitter to me. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. But, yeah, at that time, it's so funny how – you have those memories of beers and then you go back. So I was just in San Diego and, and my beer was Sculpin. That was kind of like Great an IPA one. that was like, wow. So I'm there and, and, and I have that thought, like, man, I haven't had a Sculpin in a minute. And, and I, so I got one on draft right there at the brewery. And it was just so much maltier than I remember. It's, it was so much of a different experience where um, it's just a, a style that I guess, you know, has stayed the same all this time. But uh it was just completely different than, than what I remember. I was going to ask you that. I wonder if they did they keep that the same forever. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure, but, um, you know, Robin's like, I can't believe you're not going, like, grapefruit or something like that on the Sculpin. I was like, no, man, I, I want to do the OG no. that got me, that hooked me. And it was still a really good beer, but I was just kind of surprised that it was, you know, being a new beer person, it was probably nothing but hops to me yeah and now yeah. i'm just like oh well actually it's got like a really good malt backbone to this thing like yeah. it comes through really good and it actually is like pretty well balanced it's not just a straight hop bomb like i thought i remembered so it's pretty crazy 
Why don't we have a name for our craft beer first experience segment yet? I know. I, I, I struggle. We're 70 episodes in. And we, yeah. should really, yeah, we should get on that. <laughs> we should. We should. I struggle to find a way to say that every time. You do. That's I why should. I was tr- I'm trying to help you out. <laughs> I struggle with most things, but why I think it would be a good idea to, yeah. Should Virgin be in the name? Maybe. I like that. I figured you would. <laughs> <laughs> The craft beer that broke your craft beer virginity, something yeah. like that. Yeah, your craft beer, your craft beer V card. <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. We'll come up with that. Okay, I'll, I'll pay on somebody that. on Fiverr to do a deep, a deep uh, trailer voice for it. That was neither of our voices. <laughs> I heard you chuckle when the voice started. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, welcome to the craft beer world. Yeah, you should have heard the version I tried to do myself. Oh, that really? was hilarious. He was like, "Don't don't air that." I would have done it for two fifty. He was like, "You're," <laughs> he's like, "You're pushing way too hard." All right, so um, well, you're you're not sipping on this one anymore, but I wanted to quick talk about the Hellas. Yeah. For a second, if you just want, because we we started on this Hellas when we got here, uh, tell us a little bit about that beer. Uh, yeah, it's one of our uh, we. That's our second time we've actually brewed it, and it's uh, it sells great on draft. It's. Uh, Munich, a lot of Munich malts and Pilsner malts, but we just wanted something um, just super clean, crisp, and flavorful, and that's what we were going for, and I think we got that. Uh, we have a really good house lager yeast. We ferment all of our lagers at 48, and we give them a minimum of four weeks in the bright tank to allow it to clear uh, naturally. We don't filter. Um, yeah, and that's it's pretty much like the like that's a Warwick lager. That's a good baseline to start at. Yeah, I love it. I just it's such a clean tasting beer, um, but it's got an incredible body to it as well. Mm-hmm. And now that I've, I've just finished it and it's just lingering, I'm still getting a little bit of hop that's kind of lingering, and I like that. Yeah, just a little bit. You know, it's not a very hoppy beer, but but it's still there. Yeah, we we hop uh, pretty heavily on on most of our styles. Like we're gonna, I'm, I want you guys to taste Fyt yeah, Pilsner next. Uh, we so we we hop this pretty heavily. So this is our. Award-winning uh, FYT Pilsner. Um, are we allowed to curse on this? Oh, yeah. We encourage it. So, okay, so I'll give you the story. But uh, nice and clear, I'll show it to the fans. There you go. Um, so it's 5%, and it's, it's uh, hopped with Noble Hops. But when we were homebrewing, uh, me and Timmy, Timmy is the, uh, my business partner, uh, I didn't want to make any lagers because uh, of the equipment. You know, like, takes it takes too long. Equipment maybe. and time. Exactly. So... What FYT stands for, he finally convinced me to. It stands for Fuck You, Timmy. Uh, so people are always asking, and I just tell them, For your taste buds. So when we got the award uh, and the lady stood up, she's like, FYT Pilsner, uh, you know, got gold or whatever. And I was like, She literally has no idea what, she, what it actually means. But, what, what did you win gold in? Uh, we won. What kind of- uh, so it was the PA State uh, competition. We took gold in the Pilsner category. Um, Is that, uh, was that. Uh- when you were home brewing or here? That was here. Oh, yeah. wow. So okay. that was the first competition we entered, and uh, we've been very proud of this recipe. It is a it is hop forward. Uh, we d- we use four malted uh, Pilsner, which gives a really nice flavor to, to help back up that hoppiness that, uh, well, cheers, uh, to back up the hoppiness that we want in this beer. And, and I wonder, you know, as we talk to different people, different breweries are, are good lager breweries. You guys, East Branch, Human Robot, and I wonder what the difference is. And I, I think it just comes down to time and space. And I think the people that have the space and commit the time to it put out the better products. Yeah, we're getting pinched on production right now, like, um, but we won't rush our loggers. It's and we're, we committed the loggers. Uh, it it is tough, but. Um, but we just we want to continue to brew lagers, and it's in on draft. It sells like hotcakes. Uh, it, it's pretty crazy how much lager we go through, which is incredible. Like it's it's great to see the market going towards that. I think it does help that we're in Pennsylvania, where the highest selling craft beer lager is Yingling. Sure, you yep, know, yep. and you have Trogues uh, that makes a fantastic pilsner. You have um, Victory that makes Prima Pils. Yep. So this is a lager, you know, state. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So what kind of equipment are you guys running on for anybody that, you know, understands and knows the business? You know, what's your system like? So we have a seven barrel. Or it's more like an eight barrel uh, Deutsche system. They're from North Carolina. Beautiful system. We have eight 15 barrel fermenters, uh, six, seven barrel, seven and a half barrel fermenters. And then we have four conditioning tanks that are dedicated pretty much just to lagers. So 
Nice. Um, yeah, we have, we have uh, about six tanks just de- dedicated to the hazies and then four tanks dedicated to the loggers, and then everything else is just kind of filling in the spaces. You've got a comment in the chat from uh, about your uh, Hellas. What's it say? Uh, shout out Sean Funk. What, no Sintra uh, in the Hellas, Ryan? Ah, uh, Sean. <laughs> Do better, he says. <laughs> he is right. Yeah, I, I put Citra in everything. I, it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Sean is uh, awesome. I just saw him last Sunday. Uh, Sean, we're brewing the test batch for Trogues coming up here in a couple weeks, so we're excited about that. The forging for clouds. Uh, oh, yeah. Cloud, yeah, I that's Sean that. from Trogues. Oh, that's right. Um, I'd like to talk to him. I see him on the chats. I see him posting on stuff online. He's not that great of a dude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's an awesome I'll have to dude. Talk to he's, him. He, yeah, that, uh, he's an awesome dude. Uh, very knowledgeable. Yeah, and shout out to uh, Seth. From uh, Iron Hills in the chat too, so uh, how you doing, Yo, what Seth? Up, Seth? So let's go back in the time machine again, and let's talk about how you got to this point of opening up a brewery. So, what were you doing professionally in the past? And you know, you, you mentioned home brewing earlier. So, how did that kind of evolve into deciding to open a place? Yeah, I was I was briefly talking um, to him about how I got started. So I I. Uh, Try to make a long story short. I played baseball my entire life. I got drafted by the Angels in the 17th round after college. I played for two years, and I got after I got released, my wife looked at me and was like, "What the hell are you going to do with your life? <laughs> <laughs> this is little like dreams dead." Yeah, that's got to be a crazy feeling. Like yeah. like getting to that point. Um, I think about like Moneyball. You, you dude, know? you worked your whole life, like literally from like five to like I'm 23 at the time, and I'm like, I, like. What do I do? Yeah, this, this is you it. Know, yeah. This is like I. This was my plan. It was exciting. It was I was really excited, but also terrified because I didn't know anything else besides how to hit a baseball. Yeah. And now I'm like, well, I can do anything I want, but also I don't know how to do anything else. You know. Yeah. Uh, and for whatever reason, it was it was brewing. I have, I I think part of it is like the you know you can sit down and talk to people like I've never met you guys and you know we're already yeah just chatting getting it up right. yeah and beer helps that. Uh, I think that's what attracted me to it. But after I got released, my wife, uh, who saw me in college, I didn't read a single book in college. Uh, <laughs> she, we went to Keystone Homebrew, and I, I went to go pick out my equipment. She's like, this, is, this shit's expensive. She's like, I don't believe you. Uh, you're going to read this book, How to Brew by John Palmer. It's like a huge, it's a textbook on brewing, and you're going to take notes. Never saw me take notes in class. So after two days, I read the entire book, and I had 60 pages of notes. And she's like, all right, let's go get your homebrew system. <laughs> and nice. from there, it just snowballed. It just yeah. And I put all that energy that I had from baseball into brewing. Uh, and uh, I met Timmy. Well, not met. Timmy and I have been lifelong friends, the Tabor family. Uh, and from there, it snowballed into dragging our parents, into convincing them to uh, you know buy this property and get the brewery going and... Now we're here. <laughs> so the the property, let's talk about the property because I'm sure there's breweries that have farm in the name that aren't farms. This is a massive property. Mm-hmm. How does the farm aspect of things tie into the brewery for you guys? So we have, uh, behind you guys here, we have about an acre worth of hops that we grow every year and we use them uh, here and there in our beers. And we didn't get a good yield last year, but this year we should get a better yield. And we have plans to expand that. We want to uh, cultivate our own yeast from here using a local university. We use, um, we have plans to put a fruit orchard down there. So we try and use as much local stuff as we can. And the water also, which pays a huge aspect in, I know it's not a farm, you know, water's not, you're not farming water, <laughs> but it is, it is a well here and it plays a huge part in our beer flavor that we get. Yeah, I was going to ask if uh, if there was like a specific reason why you chose this location or this town. If water had anything to do with it, uh, we de- we so the first thing we did was take a water test to see the the water, and it was fantastic. It was almost identical to what I was brewing with at home, uh, but also Alms House Road, the road that we're on gets a massive amount of traffic. It's a it's just a perfect area, and there's we have a couple breweries around, and they're just it was just like a you know a spot here that didn't have one. Yep. It just worked out perfect, and. Thankfully, this came on the market, and we were able to get it. Nice. So you you decide you're going to open a place up. You get the property. You start brewing. 
then what happens? You know, what's it like trying to get people to buy your beer, and, and how are you getting beer out to the people? Uh, so we started off with crowlers, yeah. thirty-two ounce crowlers, and it it just started with word of mouth because we had we had a huge gap. We bought the property in two thousand seventeen, and we didn't sell our first beer until two thousand nineteen. So we had all this anticipation, two years of anticipation yeah. of us. You know, people are like, "When are you selling your beer?" We're like, "We know it's really frustrating. When are you selling your beer?" And uh, we just start releasing our beer to the public in crowlers and. 200 crowlers from the 400 and you know it just kept on expanding and eventually we're like Mike we need cans like we cannot be crowlering a thousand crowlers in a week like yeah. we are killing ourselves here so we got into cans and we just continued trying to make the best beer that we could and uh, it just kind of took off from there and we're very thankful for it what a crazy story so you, you start you know getting busy you've got crowlers you've got cans um, at what point do you remember just being like, other than the crowler moment, like we need to switch to cans? Did you realize that like, hey, maybe we've got above average stuff going on here, and um, you know we're we're getting really busy? I, it was uh, the Super Citra Day, we call it here, which was the Easter weekend of when COVID. Uh, you know, everybody was going to get their booze for for COVID to get yeah. through the you know God knows how long at that time. Uh, so we we released. Our double IPA, it, we open up at three at three o five. I was uh, we we have a drive through that can hold fifty cars, and by three o five, it's out the it's out the you know, out to the road. So I go out there, I look, and I'm like I'm like shitting my pants. I'm like Jesus, the cops are gonna kill us. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So like three thirty rolls in, and a cop rolls in. He's like, "What are you guys doing?" We're like, "We're selling beer off of a loading dock." I don't know what to tell you. So we had a line. A mile down to the middle school uh, or the elementary school and then another mile this way and then there was maybe like a quarter mile straight out so and everybody the cop went down he's like everybody's coming here <laughs> so the cop helped us out from like three to six o'clock just getting cars in and I remember just looking at Timmy the whole time I was like dude I don't know what like I don't know what and uh, it was just crazy and I think at that moment we we realized we had something special and we just wanted to you know make sure we contained it and grow it properly yeah um, so what does that mean when if you're trying to grow it properly, how, you know, you're, you're selling cans to people, at what point do you start to think maybe we need a tap room or, you know, what, what are you guys doing? Are, is there any distribution involved right now? No. So we didn't want to do any distribution. Uh, we are, it was sell the freshest beer possible. And I think sure. people like that. We knew we couldn't have our tasting room for two years at that point. So we... It was fr very frustrating. People were continuing, you know, when can I get your beer on draft? And we just were like, we have to sell it in cans. And so it, it really was just making the best, freshest possible beer. And we had to continue to come out with new beers so that we kept our customer base interested and, you know, make sure that those new beers were quality. Like every time that we were doing a new recipe, I was like, dude, I don't know how this is going to come out. Like I have an idea. I think it's going to come out good. Yeah. But... We just need to be consistent, and also our customer service. We, you know, we we really pride in uh, taking care of our customers too. So you've got people coming in, and, and, and you're selling them this like fresh beer. But like, what do you think, or, or like, how how are you trying to be, or how do you be consistent with it, but also try to have that balance of giving them something new? Because you know, I think there's a there's a group of people that is, that are going to say that. It's a good idea to, to constantly churn out a new beer, something different, so that people are excited about something versus, you know, just having your flagships and sticking to it. How do you balance that? I don't it's it's tough because you don't want to make the same you don't want to make like you don't you don't want to make X beer and then people think you make another beer and people think that you just took a different label and you slapped it on there and yep. it's the same beer. So you, you have to make sure that your beers are different enough. But they have to be in the same, like, okay, I know that this is a Warwick, but yeah. you have to be able to differentiate each of the beer, you know, each of the beers, otherwise the customer base is going to be, they're going to, they're too smart now. They're going to be like, you're just slapping a different label on it. Yeah. And so doing that was tough, but we kind of did the shotgun approach and we had a diff, I, I know everybody hates untapped, but we did, uh, we just said, okay, if it's above this, we're going to bring it back. If it's not, we're just going to put it, put it back in the portfolio, yeah. maybe bring it back. Um, and that and that's where we went from. We we have found a couple of flagships like Citrus Sensation and Umbra, uh, Fyt Pilsner, Check Pills, Hellas. We're gonna have more on, and it's we kind of let the you gotta let the market decide what 
you can't push a flagship on the market. You got to let them decide what it's yeah. going to be. Otherwise, you're just you're just going against the grain. Like let them decide. You know. Yeah. So when you guys were doing those different releases, did you ever think like, well, I want to have an IPA and a stout, or I want to have a lager and and a shandy? Did you did you have styles in mind, or was it more? I know you said the shotgun approach. You're just trying to blanket everybody out and see what they like and then try and hone in on that? Yeah, we we knew Hazy IPA. We, we thought we had a very good base recipe, so we knew Hazy IPA and then Lager. Those were the two ones that we really wanted to focus on. Timmy had the foresight to see that he, he thought lager was going to become more and more popular over the next two to three years. So I've been, I was been saying that, right? Yeah, and, I, and I, it's, uh, it has been happening. Like Our lager sales have gone up over, over time, and so we, f- we want to be known for those two, two styles. Like if you, if you think of Warwick, you think of hazies and lagers. And that's what we want to be known for. And then yeah. the shandies, we you wouldn't believe how much shandy we sell. It's yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I'm like like we'll we'll go through like a crazy amount of cases, and I'm like people are like, when's a margarita shandy coming out? I'm like, <laughs> we have a doppelbach on draft like or in cans. Go get that. But uh, the shandies just came. You know, we just wanted a summer drink. But uh, yeah, now we're kind of known for our shandies too. <laughs> I like a shandy. I'm a shandy fan. It can't be too sweet, you know. It, that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. It's just got to have the balance. Can we uh, can we crack something? Yeah, why try we, the next one. You guys want to go for the Galway Stout sure. or Irish? Let's do it. Just tell us about that one. So this is a 4.2 percent Irish Stout. Uh, we mimicked the water from Dublin, Ireland, which is pretty cool. So Jay, our head brewer's favorite beer is Guinness, uh, and and I tried my best to get as close as I could to something like that. Now, I, I do think it has a little more chocolatey note. We wanted something crisp, a little bit of bitterness, but, uh, you know, no, no burnt paper notes. I think we did it. We have it on nitro right now. I, I think this beer came out really nice. That's what usually gets me in, in Irish stouts, a little too much tobacco-y burnt yeah. flavor. Yeah. yeah. I think this definitely has some. It's, it's definitely got a good, a good roasty note to it. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. And it's got good body for being such a low ABV. It's not thin. Yeah. It's got a good body to it. Yeah, we used a lot of flake barley, which helps. But, um, yeah, we're really – and then uh, maybe after we can pour a little bit on nitro, it just completely changes the beer. It takes, like – there's, like, a little bit of bitterness after. Yeah. With the with the CO2, once you get that CO2 out of there and you put it with nitro, it's just, like – it's like butter. The uh, Guinness was my first legal beer that I ever bought. Yeah. Like, around my family. And like I almost couldn't finish it. Like it was. Yeah. I was so used to drinking my Yingling lagers. I had that Guinness, and I was like, couldn't take it. <laughs> so you guys are, are watching on tap. You're trying to figure out what's going on, and and um, you know, I guess at some point you decide, you know, let's let's try to sell some pours. What was your first go at at selling pours to people? Oh, it was. I, we like literally just like opened up on a whim on a, on in October, and we just threw a couple uh, couple like chairs out, and it was like way busier than we thought. We're like, okay, we got to plan something. Excuse me, we got to plan for something for the for the springtime. So our our plan was we we have we had the pour in our cooler. I'll show you the brewery after this. Okay, they have to walk down a, a flight of steps, and it has to be lidded because of the takeout laws in Pennsylvania. So if we pour it in a plastic cup and I hand it to you and it's considered takeout, it's illegal. You have to put a lid on it and then I can hand it to you. You take the lid off and you can drink it on our property. It's the weirdest that thing. That is weird. Is, yeah. So we had to do PA's that. These liquor laws, man. It's so, so it's so dumb. So you put a lid on it, it makes it takeout. Yes, exactly. Think like when you go to the beer distributor, like the slushy machine. Yeah. If you put a cap on it, it's considered takeout. It's takeout. Yeah. Wow. So that's how we got around. We kind of loopholed it around that uh, and then the beer garden just kind of took off too and uh, it, it, it was nice to see because it gave us some projections on how to you know how to deal with this and that when when you know we still don't know how to deal with both but at least how to deal with this with the takeout too just produ- from a production standpoint yeah so I mean we, we really didn't even get into it that much but you know you're starting in November of 19 right and then COVID happened. So you had that, 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 there was that weird time where everybody was just boozing up, like oh getting my God, all the booze yeah. they could, 
and and you would have thought that was like the number one industry in the country. <laughs> like no nothing was. I mean, I think streaming services and booze. We're just killing it. Maybe Peloton at the beginning, right? Yeah, I got just, one of them. Yeah, everybody was. <laughs> that's where everybody was spending their money, right? Yeah. So, what was that like when you're like, "I've got this dream. I'm going to make this dream happen," and then a global pandemic Dude. gets in the way? What does that feel like? It, uh, <laughs> it, it was more like because we had so many things with uh, land development that we had to go through, and and right when we thought when we were like, "All right, we can we can you know get get going to construction," we got kicked in the teeth, and they're like. This is going to be another year before you can get going. And then the pandemic hit. And I'm like, oh, my God. So we just were like, you know what? Nobody feel bad for me. Nobody feels bad for us. Let's just put our head down and let's kind of try and do our thing yeah. here. Um, it is wild, though, you know, being because nobody knew you're wearing gloves at the time, yeah. like latex gloves. Nobody knew uh, full masks in like July. Yeah. And people are pulling up. They they have a mask on opening their trunk and you're putting a case of beer in there and uh it it sounds crazy but i think the pandemic because people had nothing to do they just stayed home like yeah it did it did help us out a bit because we would get people coming back every week like what does warwick have and you know get the next week and the next week and um it's crazy man like you would think you know when you're opening a brewery you want to have that great customer you want to give that great customer experience yeah you want you want them to be like you know to just feel like they're part of the team they're part of the family that they're uh, you know it's a local business you're a special part of that and, and you're immediately having this disconnection where like yeah. you're not even sure if you can make eye contact with people you know yeah, you've it, got masks you've got gloves on they're holding their confirmation yeah. email up against the window like yeah. i was exactly <laughs> yep yep and then you don't know like if you're you know to take a break you know taking your mask down and somebody looking at you and judging you and it's yeah. it's so stre- everybody was so stressed but we had fun doing it i mean we drank so much beer here yeah. uh and we met you know i'm looking out in the crowd here and i can already notice like 10 customers that were here from the beginning mm-hmm. doing drive through and they have so much pride in you know like what this has become now and it's we, oh, yeah. we have the be- I know I'm sure everybody says but we have like the best customer base so did you think that you were going to be primarily takeout and that was going to be your thing for the foreseeable future you yeah. know and then and then how did it evolve into opening up this space uh the so the, the plans with the tasting room were completed. So we had the, the everything drawn out in 2018. Okay. And we knew that we had to go through a lot of land development. We did not know it, was gonna, it took triple as long as we thought. Oh. Uh, yeah. So we kind of were just like, the only thing that we can do is sell takeout. Uh, the only thing that we've known up until the beer garden open and even here is takeout. So yeah. um, it, it's just been seeing what happens and adapting. You know, you have to be super flexible in this industry, and uh, we just kept trying to adapt and adapt and adapt. So a lot of breweries that, that had great taproom business and things like that, they had to switch to a distribution model or, or made that pivot so that they could get their beer sold and out to people. Do you think it's almost a good thing that the pandemic happened when it happened or, or it maybe helped you kind of continue to grow in that model? without the stress of needing to go out there, you know, filling up your equipment and, and you know, learning the ropes of canning and all that stuff as you're, as yeah. you're growing? I, I can't imagine opening, like, having this open and then a pandemic shutting it down and then having the switch into all takeout. Like, um, so many people I, I, had to do that, yeah. I, it's crazy. Like, think about how many taste rooms had to shut down. They had to switch to all of a sudden somebody that – is used to going through 600 barrels a year just in their tasting room. Now they have to distribute like a, a third or a quarter of that, and they don't make nearly a muff, like any profit. Also, the bars are shut down. Yeah. Like, where are people going to drink your kegs? Yep. There's nowhere yeah. to go. So you, you had to do cans, growlers, anything that you could do to survive. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I mean, once it, once it opened up a big end, we start doing kegs, and it just, we recalled all our kegs. We're like, we're just going to, get people excited about this and sell more cans out of here. Okay. Yeah. So what about your, your, you know, you've got this, this space opened up. What was the reception like? What was it like, you know, when you're opening your door for the first time and and having people come into this space? It was, I mean, for me personally, it was super emotional for all of us because a five-year project and, but the, the customer reception was just like, they just loved it. You know, this is uh, we built this by hand. Like all of us built this, 
and uh, it was super emotional. <laughs> but everybody loved it, and we're going to continue to celebrate. You know, yeah. This is our second weekend open. Well, if we could describe it a little bit, it's definitely a. Uh, would we call it a modern farmhouse? Is that the uh, is that the terminology these days? Yeah, I I would say that. Yeah, we have the stainless steel kegs as lights. Uh, they are like operating room lights, so we don't turn them on. <laughs> um, it's cedar. It's cedar wood all the way around. We have huge garage doors that open. We have a fireplace behind us. We we did want the modern bar, the or barn look. And and the the bar is uh, it's got like a stone front to it with the underneath. Uh, the underneath lights. And yeah, stone just, matches the fireplace. It's like a giant fireplace when you think about like a ski lodge or something, you know? Yeah. Ski lodge it's just, is very yep. uh, appropriate. Yeah. Yeah, we wanted in the winter, our idea was to turn this into a ski lodge, like tight, like have a bunch of couches originally. That's what the area behind me is kind of yep. pay homage to. But uh, in the summertime, we're going to have all these doors open and then, uh, you know, have people in the beer garden and out on the deck. Like the deck is the spot you want to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like a porch out there. Yeah, it's, it's 14 feet wide. It's humongous. You can fit a lot of people out That's there. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, we got 12 beers on tap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have. Yeah, usually we'll, we'll have 12 to 14 beers on draft. Uh, and we, uh, we're trying to keep, uh, you know, like five or six hazies on, and that's it. And then the rest are something different. And, uh, yeah, just... Trying to see, trying to see what happens. This is new for us. You know? Yeah, you guys got the stout on. You got the Hellas. You got the pills. Farmhouse cherry cider. Is that you guys? Or is yeah, that a, yep. We make the cider here. Nice. Yeah, and a cranberry shandy on. Yeah, and then we have a red tail pale ale, too, and then a bunch of hazies. Nice. <laughs> hey, you got to have them on. Yep, you got to have them on. <laughs> they are our top sellers. So, what inspires you for like new recipes and things like that when you're trying to decide what to do next? A lot of it is, I want to I want to have a beer taste like this. How can I do that? So I kind of I try and reverse engineer it, or I see a hop that I think looks really interesting and try and piece together what hops I think would work well based off of my experience and experience of others. And uh, you know, like uh, Umbra, which is one of our more, our more popular ones. I wanted to Sabro is a beast. You know, if you use too much of it, it turns into suntan lotion. So how do you tame that? What hops do you use to tame it and get the pina colada flavors out? And it's t- it took a year to get, but, um, you know, a lot of experimentation. And, uh, yeah, just, I mean, there's so many hops out there now. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. different hop products. and So, so you know, in southeastern Pennsylvania, I'd like to say that we've got probably, you know, one of the best beer markets in the country. Mm-hmm. Right? And some might argue that it could be oversaturated. There's a lot of competition from people that want to get into our space um, and a lot of Pennsylvania breweries. Um, you know, how do you, you know, how do you try to fit in or, or make your own mark? Because I would imagine it's, you know, it's sometimes it might feel challenging to stand out in the crowd. Yeah, for sure. I do think the, the first and foremost is the property. You know, I think they see the, the huge farm and the, and the, tasting room so i think that sets us apart uh from your typical brewery you know just that alone and then you have to your brand is extremely important like the labels like we have a a wonderful graphic designer but you have to make sure that uh like if you guys look at this without end of having any of the labels on there you can tell that that's a warwick farm beer so it has to be consistent uh labeling you know this was huge part of our branding uh you know our, our humor, our personalities, we think plays a strong strength in, uh, you know, our brand. So showing that through social media, but not too much. Uh, and then just the beer, you know, we're trying to make the best beer possible. You know, we, we like to think that uh, our hazy IPAs, whatever it is, you know, is really bringing people here and people know us for quality beer. And that's, you know, what we're going for. So you're putting out quality product. And I feel like from the outside, being being an outsider, that I've had your beers before, but I haven't been here before. I haven't made the trip. Don't know you guys that well yet. And I get the vibe from social media, you know, that, that people are posting, you know, calling you guys like the new, new trail and the new, you know, like what's hot. And I think about that evolution of, of breweries in Pennsylvania. You know, there's been stuff that has been like really hyped. They, they hit the scene. And a few years later, Tired Hands is just like what everybody wants. And New Trails, like putting out these hazies and just really capitalizing on that, on that trend. 
and now you guys seem to just be picking up all of this steam and all of this excitement. Um, do you guys feel that? And you know, can you can you see the results of it with, with people showing up here and the sales? Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely feel it, and it's it's super encouraging to see. But uh, you can never be satisfied, so you have to continue to try and innovate and make better and better beer because uh, no beer is perfect. You can always make it better. And we're just going to continue to try. I mean, you have to look at the brands that also last. Like, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, giants here. We're talking the other halves, the trilliums, the tree houses, yeah. trogues even. Like, how do, you, how do you create the, you know, the brand to continue to have hype and make quality beer? Like, you don't, you don't want to be a flash in the pan and then go away. Yeah. You want to continue to have, uh, you know, hype, keep your customers interested, interactive, and that's what we're we're trying to figure out. And we're going to continue to try to you know it's it's keep like I said it's continually changing and yeah you know hopefully you know we, we think we'll be able to continue doing that and second locations and you ha- you have to expand you know right um, that's such a crazy thing because I think about that all the time like you know one of our favorites is definitely Treehouse and and I love you know going there and it seems like such an experience and and it's crazy to think. Experience that, is the, the word too. Yeah, experience. Right? Yes, beer experience. Yeah. What is the customer's experience? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. but yeah. no, you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, it's it's a sprawling property. It's gorgeous, like this place. You know what I mean? And it, it, it's a whole experience, and it, it just blows my mind that they're as popular as they are, and they don't go anywhere. And they're, how they're do you manage bigger. that? Because I feel like it's got to be such a micromanaged or, or something. I don't know if it's just luck because the product is so good. But, like, how are you walking that line to be like, I want to sell as much as possible. I want to take advantage of this. But and, and, but also not, like, I don't want to turn too many people away. Yeah. You know what I mean? With, like, I'm running out or selling out. It's got to be such a crazy line to walk. Yeah. I'm Me, me personally, I, I think the brands that have grown well, the ones that we just talked about, uh, they they grew fast but slowly too. Like like Treehouse, they could have they could have gone. You know what? We're gonna blow it out and we're gonna just distro across you know wherever. Yep. And they didn't. They they grew. You know they did grow very fast. But in their terms, I feel like they thought that they grew slower. Um, it's I, I think people want fresh beer, and I you know we could. Off air, we can talk about some other things that I think, yeah. but I do think people want fresh beer from the location, yeah. And I think that plays a huge role in in those brands and how they've gotten you know big. And you are starting to see like other half and in stores and Equilibrium and Bissell Brothers was another huge one. Yeah. But yeah. they're you know they're almost ten years old now. You know, yeah. <laughs> so they're seven to ten years old now, and you know they've they've grown the correct way, and. You know, there, there's not no magic formula. It's gonna be different for everybody. So we're, we are we are trying to go that yeah. direction. Ten yeah. years old is like middle aged. Yeah, yeah. Right? like dog years. <laughs> it seems so old for a brewery now. It's like it ten does. years old. Like it's like whoa, that brewery's a decade old. I mean, you think about Victory. Victory is like a grandpa. Yeah, Trogues. Like great grandpa. Trogues. Those guys are the like. Oh my God, they've been around forever. You know, I'd like, like to 1998. Maybe it's a, like a controversial. Um, you know, point of view to have, but I feel like, you know, somebody like Trogues and Victory are OGs and they put out these fantastic products and a lot of people appreciate them and they sell beer like crazy, right? But I feel like there's a lot of like newer craft beer people that are like, hey, like maybe they're not keeping up with the times as much as I'd like and and they're kind of left behind, you know, and and people are going for what's new, what's hot, what's exciting. you know, how do you make sure that you, that doesn't end up happening? That's you know? a, yeah, it's a balancing act. Yeah, yeah. How total do you, balancing act. Yeah, how do you keep your existing customers while continuing to innovate and grab new customers? Yeah. You know, how do you do that? Uh, you know, I, I do. I think Trogues has been able to, especially as of late, been able to. You know, they have their their core beers, and I think through their collaborations. You know, I'm I'm we've done the collaboration through their collaborations. Uh, John's their their scratch lab like they're trying innovative stuff now yep. and they're giving you know customers something new but they're also keeping their their brands that got them there yep you know no um, I like their stuff that hop cyclone I think was one the Trogues did that was really good yeah but yeah they're, they're still coming out with stuff that's uh that's exciting and then you know I remember when uh when when victory put out at uh in one of like the fall fest they had like a I forget I forget what they called it 
but it was like a D-Town IPA something, oh, and man. it turned into Cloudwalker. Yeah. They had their the, the dry hopped... Uh, um, Dirt Wolf? The, no, Prima Pills. Yeah, 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 yeah. And people went nuts for it. Yeah, they it. did. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the original better. Did you? I, I didn't did. have it. I wish I had it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I went. It was it funny. It might just be me with uh, Prima Pills is like... That's a you just love it Mount that Rushmore much? beer for me. It you know? is fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> how those guys get that clean of beer, like it's, it's just unbelievable. And the consistency that they put it out with is, and it's so bright. Like you look at it, and it literally looks like there's a light shining underneath <laughs> it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I remember going to get uh, the double dry hop uh, Primo, and like a guy was like getting like the he's like, "Do you have anywhere? Is it?" I mean, like he pretty much took the last case out right before me. Yeah. <laughs> like it was just insane. Yeah, it was. Uh, def- they definitely pumped through. Uh, yeah, that's so cool. It's it's nice that they can still have that hype, and um, and and hype people up. So, um, what about food? What kind of food options do you currently have, and and what's in the works in the future? Uh, so we do food trucks right now. Yep. Um, we don't have any plans to move off of that. Dealing with the kitchen, I think I would pull my hair out. Uh, so we will have food <laughs> trucks, yeah. And we do we. The beer garden was nice with experimentation. We we kind of did uh, again. You know, we got all these different food trucks here. We picked out the ones that we liked and we invited them back. So we're trying to get like a list of like twenty that we can count on, make good, you know, have good relationships with them. And uh, yeah, I think we have a, we have a good group so far. Uh, we're gonna. I think we have a, like Good Day Gourmet. He's coming Saturday. He does fantastic stuff. Uh, Maddie's on a roll. Humpty Dumplings. If you guys, Humpty Dumplings is. No, like, I haven't had. Oh, I've had dude. Maddie's on a roll. I haven't had Humpty Dumplings. Maddie's on. Maddie's yeah. Humpty Dumplings is fantastic. He's here like all the time. He's fantastic. Nice. So uh, Asian kind of dumplings. He like does like cheat like he like any dumplings. He does like he does have some Asian ones, but he puts like che- he makes like cheesesteak dumplings. Like oh. uh, we're doing we're actually doing a collab with him. He has a Chipotle honey one. Um, so we're doing a Chipotle beer. Like nice. a like a smoked Chipotle, smoked. and then he's gonna like cook the Chipotle beer with it. Uh, That's a good idea for Chipotles because people are always. Sm- I gotta have some smoked. I gotta get my Roush beer. I gotta. Uh, nobody makes Roush beers anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I I would love to make them. <laughs> I mean, we are gonna make one, but I hope it sells. <laughs> do you mind uh, grabbing another brewski for us? Yeah, let's do. Uh, let's dive into the hazy IPAs. Yes. <laughs> so. Talk a little bit about collabs, too. Is this a collab? Which one are you pulling out? Uh, this the- so this is Electric Countach. I, okay. You know what? I will have to grab the Pizza Boy collab. It just came here today. Okay. Uh, so we, uh, we, um, we've only collabed with Pizza Boy, Trogues, and New Trail. So we, we are not... Uh, we we don't like to collab too often. We'll put it that way. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. We, like the, we, uh, we have a good... We, like, we try and build a relationship with breweries. And, uh, you know, Trogues was our... I believe it was our first one, yeah, and we just hit it off with the guys there, and it was, you know, awesome to be able to do that with them. And then New Trail, of course, they're just good people, and they make fantastic beer. And then Pizza Boy, Timmy, uh, Timmy, and the owner of uh, Pizza Boy, Al Kaminsky, they're like best friends, so <laughs> we had to do a pilsner with them. Nice. Yeah, I'm always curious, like if uh, people would get super excited, um, you know, to collab or you know. Is it really just to get together and drink, or do you guys really do a good job? Like, do you try to learn? Yeah, we try and learn as much as we can. It, it is an excuse to come and have the absolute time of your life. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but, like, we have learned so much from Trogner, uh, so much from Al Kaminsky and New Trail. Uh, so we've learned a lot, you know, and it's trying to, you know, keep learning and just keep learning. There's so much stuff to learn this, in this industry. So. Well, there's so many different techniques and different ways to oh, do yeah. stuff and just picking different people's brains. Of It's got to be just exciting in and of itself to just see how different people do different things. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you're talking to some of the titans in the industry. And they're, yeah, right. They're just, you know, here's how we do stuff. How do you do stuff? And being like, wow, I never thought of that. I like the uh, the labeling on here. I feel like I'm back in Miami Vice. Oh, I know. I love this kind of style. Don Johnson. Yeah, this is uh, Electric Countach. It's our hazy IPA that's hopped heavily uh, with Strata, and then Citra kind of rounds it out. And uh, this is one of our m- more popular hazy IPAs. This is one that uh, we brought back because it did so well. Okay, nice. Um, yeah. I love the nose on it. Like, right away, Strawberry. I just got excited. Yeah. 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 All right, so you, you've got a very... I like the way you're describing the palate 
you know, and the flavors that you're getting. Because a lot of times I'm like, oh, it's juicy. Oh, it's 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 got a good bitterness, but it's still it's still juicy and and, and it feels like it's got a good body. But like I could, I don't feel like unless somebody actually tells me, I don't know if I could pick out strawberry or guava yeah. or you know um, orange rind, you know things like that. Yeah, candied orange I hear a lot, and I'm just like. I, I get it now that you say it, but I couldn't just pull that out versus something else. I like that you're saying strawberry and not like uh, hints of overripe suckle, uh, honeysuckle <laughs> flower residue. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We try and shoot it straight with you. <laughs> yeah. This one, we, uh, we, we say passion fruit. Um, Holy shit. Strawberry. Um, and then now Strata does have a cannabis flavor, but I don't get any of that. I just get straight like strawberry juice almost. Craig was asking in the uh, chat, uh, six point five, yeah, six point five on this uh, this particular beverage. And we, uh, yo, Craig, what up, Craig? We we like the big body and the, you know big body with the soft, no bitterness. So that's kind of that's what we go for in our hazies. And there's extra lactose in this one, right? No lactose, <laughs> no lactose. ever. <laughs> yeah, no, no lactose. Thankfully. Uh, you know, just some of our process where we're able to get that big body. Man, I get it. I just get it right away. You having this beer, it tastes, I don't want to say like it tastes better, right? But you've got, you, you've tried a billion IPAs and hazies and juicies. And like right on the first sip, I'm like, I understand why it's like people are comparing it with like a new trail. Mm-hmm. Like this, or, you know, with, with any of those heavy hitters, I think this just has such a body to it and such a, a balance, and it's it's so juicy. Feel free to tell me I'm full of shit because sometimes I am. I'm getting like a dryness at the end that makes it's almost like it's not a pilsner, obviously, mm-hmm. but it's got that kind of the, it evaporates and it makes me want to go back for it again. Yeah, like a. Uh it's there and then it's gone. And then it's gone. Yeah, it's, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, it yeah, it does. If you, if you do have a... Uh, I like that about... I, I try to do that with all of our beers. You, and it's typically bitterness that does that. It, it sits in the palate and then it, it just like lingers in there. And uh, we try and have the bitterness hit you and then it goes away. And same with our flavors. Like we want you... Yeah, it's all gone. You're so, like, I got to taste this again. So what is that in the brewing process? How When you're going through the, through the brewing process, what do you... Doing to achieve that effect, um, or can you not tell? Tell me everybody all your secrets. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a chili no. The, the main thing is is uh, uh, you don't want to over bitter. Also, uh, you know, we've gotten the, the hazy IPAs that are super green. You know, mm-hmm. just yeah. and I think that plays a part of it. We do let ours settle for a long amount of time so that we don't have any of that green hot matter in there. I think yeah. nothing is a worse taste than that. Yeah. And I do think that that plays a big part of it. So For sure. Um, yeah. No, that definitely happens. Yeah, I hate that that hot burn. That, that oh, it's the worst. Almost like garlicky flavor I get from it sometimes. It's, it's like... Oh. It's pillowy too. I feel like it's just really soft at the beginning, but it's the juice, I don't know, just everything about it. It makes a lot of sense. It's killing it. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank we, you. We talked about breweries in PA a couple minutes ago. Uh, I got to ask about the uh, the belt <laughs> that you guys, there is a uh, a white championship belt. It, I think they call it the strap. Is that what the wrestling <laughs> contingent is calls it? I think so. It? That sounds right. Is that I it? like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm hip. I'm with it. <laughs> yeah. I'm with what, it. What, is the, uh, what is the belt for? Uh, so we... we uh, yeah, feel free to crack as many as you want. I'll get some other ones, too. Yeah, we're good. Um, we won the March Madness contest with Brews and PA, you know, the, the group, which I'm sure everybody's a part of. And uh, we got that belt for it. And if we won it, we made a deal with our customers that we would uh, cut our hair in the mullets. <laughs> so me and Timmy, we cut our hair in the mullets. And I really think, like, people were like, we have to see these guys with mullets. So, like, people were just, like, hitting the vote button. I'm like, people really want to see us in mullets. So... We did a mullet fest. So me and Timmy, we sat here, we videotaped it, did live stream, and got my hair cut in a mullet. That's that awesome. would that would never work if we did a podcast contest for that, because you would just look at my high school yearbook pictures, and there would be the mullet <laughs> pictures, and it'd be like, yeah, it'd be ruined. Know. It's nothing exciting. <laughs> I want to bring it back. So yeah, there's Timmy right there. So you can imagine, you can imagine him with a mullet. Oh, he's nice. got he got some lettuce in the back there. Yeah, he's got some oh nice some sweet cabbage. <laughs> 
so tell, tell he, us. Uh, he'd get like the Yager going. Oh, like he's, the he had, Yager kind he had of. a mean mullet. I got it. So my, his his was way better off the bat, and then mine evolved into Thank a better you, yeah. mullet. I had like a dirty stash, and it was fantastic. So, uh, what was I going to ask? Um, I, I see you pretty active on social media. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys release a beer, or you've got a new beer coming out. You do like little live streams and talk about you know what the beer is and what's going on. So, why don't you tell us a little bit about that and and what kind of part that plays in in your process? Yeah, I, I do think it plays a part in the brand and, and keeping keeping the customers engaged and excited. So, like an example is we pre-ordered uh, Pineapple Invaders, which is a very popular double IPA. And we, this one's popular also, but so we did that one on pre-order, and then we're like, surprise, we're releasing Electric Countage, walk-in only. So you get the customers that come in uh, for this, and they're like, well, I didn't pre-order Pineapple Invaders. Is there any left? And we're like, well, sorry, uh, <laughs> you got to pre-order. Yeah. So it's trying to keep the customers engaged that way. But we really, uh, we like interacting with our customers, so we do a live stream. Uh, it's every, We're going to do every other week now on Wednesdays. Uh, it's fun. It's fun for us to do. Uh, social media, we try and keep it light and fun and uh, take quality pictures when we can. Um, but, yeah, people, people love the stories and, the, you know, me, us messing around in the brew house. Yeah. <laughs> so. Speaking of the can releases, have you guys had to change your production now that you have the tap room open? More production? Just shifted it around? That has been the, uh, yeah, it's been a nightmare. <laughs> I'll put it that way. We have no cans, like, anymore. It's. Because first and foremost, we have to make sure we have draft, and then anything afterwards is cans, but it's balancing, you know. Right. Like, we thought Umbra on draft was going to go, like, crazy. Uh, we knew Umbra in cans was going to go fast, but not that fast. We're like, holy cow. Like, we ran out of 100 cases in a weekend. We're like, Jesus. We get, we're like, I didn't make enough, and then there's a ton in kegs now. Yeah. You know, because it's 7%. It's a heavier hitter. and Right. Like, everybody's going after the 6.5 on draft, but they don't go at, as much after it in four packs. So it's like, how do you... <laughs> Yeah. You know, balance it, and everybody wants uh, pilsners on draft, but then when it comes to four packs, they're not the sexy, you know, yeah. sexy item you want to get. I've never thought about it like that. I guess the higher alcohol stuff in cans, people would more gravitate that because yeah. they want to come to the. They want to be driving piece. out. They want to have yeah mm-hmm. four, you know yeah I never nine point three percent beers yeah, yeah right mm-hmm. that's awesome unless the wife is driving like yeah. usual. We don't have a beer over. 7% um, on there. Our highest is Umbra. Now we will have one double IPA on at all times and it'll be a 10 ounce pour. But yeah, anything above 7 is definitely just going to be canned for the most part. Do you see that as a change? Because I feel like that change is happening. They're, you know, drinkable is such a loaded word. It can mean pretty much anything. But I feel like we're getting away from those. 15% triple IPAs and I, I feel like they might be doing some off as a specialty but they're not like the rule anymore yeah I, I can, the only one I can think of is like Ralphius you know that, that's yeah. doing the doing the high ABV 15 to 17 and uh, like the highest beer that we brew is 10% you know I'd, uh, maybe 12% Imperial Stout but, but a Stout yeah. makes sense but you know but you're not they used to be hot though you're not getting like, yeah barley wines yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but even like the, the the crazy IPAs that are really high ABVs, you know, people aren't really you know going to a bar or going out and being like, I want that eight nine percent double, you know. Um, maybe they are just kind of trending towards the you know the lower ABVs. Do you see that like our sessions and um, things like that, you know, more popular? Because you know, also like seltzers and ciders and. Uh, things like that are becoming more and more popular. So are people going for the, the lighter stuff, the easier stuff? I think on draft, yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah, because I think uh, people are more conscious with driving now. So yeah, for sure. They, they want it, that's part of it. And I, I think people want to have multiple um, beers at a brewery. They don't want to have, like, two double IPAs and be like, well, that's it. I got to get home now, you know. Yeah. Uh, I, we do see that shift in the market, especially on draft. But when it comes to cans, everybody's taking home. The high ABV stuff, like, uh, and because they can enjoy it from their home, and we can like we have a super session, uh, which you know we can taste, um, but it's a five five and a half percent hazy IPA that tastes like has the same body, you know, we think and has this flavor, so uh, that's a big seller. Um, all, all of our beers that like I think it was like two through six of our top or like three through six or something of our top sellers last weekend were below five and a half percent. 
Nice. So that kind of okay. tells yeah. you, you know, the you know the market right now at least. So I, I think I see some paper menus up there, but what's the experience like when people walk in and they're here to have a beer or to take stuff out? How does that work, and how how do you actually like? What's the the most efficient way to you know come buy some beer here? Uh, online ordering for sure. So uh, Monday through Wednesdays we do online ordering, so customers can pre-order four packs if they're scared that you know something might not be there. So we do push that, and then uh, when Thursday comes, you can come get your online online order and then get a draft here. So we have uh, you know a, a beautiful bar that we built here. So right now we have to use plastic because everything's back ordered. It's yep. insane, and. Uh, so you can get a pint here, and then you can hang out, uh, you know, in our beautiful tasting room on the deck in the beer garden. And then we do have a new merch room behind us or behind okay. me. So you can go in there. We have a cooler in there. You can get more four packs if you'd like. And we have noticed uh, our, our takeout has gone up now that our tasting room's open. Like yeah. whatever our beer garden, because people, they taste something. They're like, oh, I got to get that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, nice. yeah, our takeout has gone up, too. Well, that's the move. Whenever I go get takeout at a spot, like, oh, well, I gotta, you know, I'll have one while I'm, you know, making my pickup. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the cool, like, you know, going back to Treehouse, that's one of my favorite things. You're always there, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, you can get beer there too now? You can, yeah. you can have a, a pint or two? And um, it just makes it that much more special to be able to hang out, get something on draft. And, and sometimes it's something that has never been canned before, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just something that you can get on draft that's like a you know, whatever a top seller has been, but it's on mango or something, you know, yeah. it's something pretty crazy. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of interesting. That's a, that's a neat, a neat take. One thing I got to say though, that I don't know how to handle it or what the right thing is, but if you walk into a place like this and you see all those names up there, it's hard to order without, I mean, I guess it's not that hard. You can pretty much tell what style of beer things are, but I always have that trouble when you're just reading beer names and then I'm like, well, I don't know which one I want because maybe one says it's got mosaic and I know I like mosaic or some things, you know, the, the New Zealand hops. And I love the New Zealand hops and I want to go towards that. So, I yeah, we, we want to interact with the customer. So like you asking a question helps interact with our staff. Yeah. So by not putting that up there, you go, what's the ABV? And you go, oh, this is six and a half percent. And yeah. then you engage with the customer, which is part of the experience, you know. So that was purposely done that we didn't. Do like you know stuff like that up there? Uh, you know sure. that could change in the future, but we do like interacting with our customers. And plus, if so much stuff is online and people are ordering and pre-ordering and coming to pick it up, they probably have a good idea of what everything is. And, and it seems yeah. like you guys try to do a really good job with your your online stuff to really educate the customer uh, with what the beers are and what the description is and what kind of flavor profile to expect. So yeah, I, I think that's really important to not just be like, "Hey, here's this beer and here's what it looks like." You got a really nice description of everything going on, what, what, they, can, what they can expect, and uh, I think that's a good approach. Yeah, if you can accurately describe what the beer is going to taste like, usually people are going to enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, if they know what they're getting into, we've noticed that. Like, we, we've done some things wrong where we've described the beer wrong, and people rate it poorly due to, you know, mm. due to that. So it, you have to make sure that the descriptions are spot on. Otherwise, uh, you know, customers might rate it poorly. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, you guys just opened this last week, so this is still a, a very big attraction, as it should be. Do you guys have any other kind of special events coming up here that you want people to know about? Yeah, so we have a couple of events coming up. The, the most recent one, or the most uh, one that's coming up cl- uh, fastest is, uh, so we're doing Hop Fest. Uh, so we're going to do all hoppy beers on draft. We're going to have a, a, a pretty, I can't announce it yet, a pretty big name brewery that'll be here pouring as well. And then also our hop binds will be growing, so we're going to allow our customers to go down, check them out, educate educate them on the hops. And oh, that's exciting! Uh, yeah, that's really cool. They're dude, they're awesome plants, man. They like grow up. Like yeah. if you if you they'll grow a foot overnight. Like they're insane no plants. Way. Yeah, they're wild. Uh, so we'll be doing that, and then we have music fest, and then uh, we have some exciting stuff coming up in like June, you know, October fest, of course. So. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. You got the place to do it. What's music fest? Uh, so we are going to have uh, a couple. You know, uh, really good artists that we like come here and play, and then uh, we have like four or five guys play and serve a bunch of killer beer. And we're talking the Broken Goblet right now to come and serve because they are like the best music venue, just yeah. their venue. Period. Have you ever been there? No. Oh my god, they have um, David Bowie's stage where the Pink Star. So every time that like a musician plays there, they're standing on David David Bowie's star. No way. It's pretty badass. That's yeah. sweet. They're, they they can fit a thousand people in that space and just. 
I've been there for a concert and they rock out. Yeah, no it's, way. I, I love That's that awesome. spot. Yeah, we got to get a uh, Dylan up here. Dylan Sangwell. Oh yeah, you know Dylan. Dylan. So, do you know uh, Stolen Son in Exton? Oh, uh, yeah. I just, I literally just talked to Jonathan yesterday. Nice, yeah. <laughs> we were there. We were literally there yesterday. Are yeah, you serious? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm talking to him about coffee. Nice. <laughs> oh, he, he, he's a coffee man. Yeah. Oh, man. If, I'm not a coffee, coffee guy, but he wow. can get you some coffee. Yeah, he was educating me. I was like, I, this guy's running circles around me right now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but his son was actually on America's Got Talent. Yeah, yeah, and, I saw um, that. He can... Fucking whale. He's yeah. got some pipes, yeah. He, yeah, can, he can sing. Are you doing Winterfest? You guys going to be there? We d- Where's Winter- Can it Winterfest? No, we weren't able to do it. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Not this year. Next year, we're hoping that we get invited again. Nice. Yeah. Well, we'll be at Kenner Winterfest. Yeah. So when this comes out on Monday, we'll be there the following Saturday. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. So we'll be there. We're going to try to walk around and get some interviews with some breweries and stuff like that. Um, get all that kind of stuff maybe before it gets too crazy. But we'll, we'll be there. Look for us. Say hi. Yeah, uh, we'll good. have some stickers and stuff. I want to interview some more people, not not brewery people. Yeah. Some customers. Just like some random people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's like, especially like hammered people. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> like that's the a guy, really good idea. Remember the guy that was into Leviant? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the Leviant. We were like, what's your favorite brewery here today? He's like, oh, the Leviant was great. <laughs> the Leviant. Yeah. And John and I were like, what, what the, the fuck is it? Took, and then, like, five minutes later, I was like, Levante. He yeah. needs Levante. <laughs> yeah. I took was so excited yeah. that I could translate from his 15 oh, beers deep. <laughs> you are ready for the toast? Do it. All right, so we do a toast of the week. Okay. So think about it while me, me and uh, Mr. Steve go for it. But um, you can toast something that you're really excited about or something co- cool coming up. Um, you know, your wife, whatever it is. Or you can burnt toast something that you're mad at. You can slam something <laughs> if you want. But here we go. How about a beer? Bite Be Brews presents the toast of the week. Oh, my God. You going? Am I going? I'll go. Go ahead. Daryl Morey. Got our oh, man James Harden. Man. I am fired up. I'm going to pour some beer for that. Get That's... in there. I am super excited about the Sixers team. Embiid is just out of his mind, and I think Harden is going to be the perfect Robin to his Batman. And I am Sixer, Sixer fired up. Is that the GM? Yes, that's yeah. the GM. Cheers to that guy. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a huge uh, Sixers guy, but uh, I, was, I was pretty excited to see that. I was a little upset not knowing much about the sport or the team. Uh, the little bit that I watched, I like South Curry. I, so I, I was a little bummed about that. But. I like Seth, too. Seth was a great player. You got to give up something to get something. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Yep. And he, uh, not that James Harden is even more defensive liability than Seth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna, we can get Matisse on the floor. We'll be all right. <laughs> See, now, Matisse is the one that needs to step up his offensive game. Yeah. They just hit, just like, a little two bit. threes a game and get, like, two putbacks. Just score 10 points a game. I mean, that's a lot to ask of him, though. It's. Uh, I'm excited to see how. But if he scores eight instead of two a game, yeah, he's gonna have two steals, two blocks, everything. Yeah, it does. Yep. Just if he's a threat from beyond the three point line. Just if you make somebody step out to him. Yeah. Because you, if you double Embiid, you can't double Harden. Because then you're you just. Can't. You can't. What do you do? You have two unguardable guys. You what have Danny you, Green in the corner. What do you do with those two <laughs> running a pick and roll? Oh, I don't. What do you what, do? What do you do? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, and then you got Tobias. I mean, Tobias. You know, probably the worst max contract in the NBA. But he is. But he's eighteen, he's, nineteen points a game. You know. And I'll take that. Yeah, especially with those two. If you, if if you said if you did this to Tobias's contract, it'd be like he's going to be a, a great number three. He is a great number three. Yeah, he's not a two. He's a three. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you got, John? You're searching. Right, so, yeah, I, I, I had a, a blank there for a second, and I just wanted to make sure that I had the, the location correct. I think gonna, I do. you going to toast your wife again after I toast a uh, sports team? I, I do want to toast like the jackass again. your wife, because your wife. <laughs> oh, so now, so now <laughs> no. I don't toast my wife. You toast my wife. Great. No, I just want to say that it was. <laughs> I toasted a, YouTube one week, and he's toasting his wife, so I look like the chump. I just want to say, though, that, that we all hung out last night. And your wife is the absolute best. And, like, our kids just swear that, like, you guys are family because of her. Like, she just is an incredible person to them. And, like, my kids absolutely adore her. And they had the best time. 
and she just always makes it feel like she's part of the family. So, yeah, shout out to your wife, but that's hey. not my real toast. <laughs> shout out, wife. <laughs> Jamie, shout you're the best. <laughs> Listen, I want to give my shout out to Marcus Baskerville uh, and Weathered Souls Brewing, our friend down there, um, San Antonio, Texas. He obviously is the brewer behind the Black is Beautiful campaign uh, from a year or two ago, but he actually has his beer and a quote from him in the MLK, uh, MLK Junior Library, Martin awesome. Luther King Junior Library. So um, I think it's pretty neat that they put that up. They just unveiled it, but I thought that was pretty exciting, so I wanted to give a toast to Marcus and uh, all the work that he did. And he's a, he's a part of history, so that's pretty cool. Cheers to him. He has the same system as Great us. Work. Does he? Yeah, he's yeah, he's a cool dude. Yeah, he was really nice that you know he was on CNN and shit, and he still took the time to <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the same day he went from CNN to us. Yeah, oh really? You guys <laughs> yeah. had the talk? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it was during the Zoom days, so we just he, we had him on the Zoom. Yeah, he was oh, probably, you guys had him on the show. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I have to listen to it. Yeah. yeah so he, it was just a you know for him another another thing, but I was like you know thank goodness we've got you know twelve people watching versus yeah versus you know, CNN yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know and whatever else whatever other programs we were on. So yeah, shout out to Marcus. He's uh. He's been a fan, you know, a friend of the show, I'll say. So that was pretty cool. You got anything, Ryan? Anything you want to do? It's okay to pass if you want. No, I uh, I had a child four weeks ago. Oh, nice. Congratulations. So I want to, yeah, I want to toast to my uh, first, yeah, my, my lovely wife, Jen, and then uh, my Jen? new my new baby, Kaya. Yep. Kaya. Kaya. Yep. Nice. Love it. Cheers. Cheers. That. Yeah. That's exciting. First, second, third? First. First? Nice. Oh, yeah. Yep. So she's got red hair. Ooh. You know. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. You That's don't exciting. know what you don't know. That's the best part. Yeah, I'm, I don't know what I'm doing with you know this child. Yeah, <laughs> the best part is nobody did. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, if you know, I'm looking at. I'm like, if Timmy can have two children survive. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at yeah, some off. of my buddies. I'm like, I could, I can make this kid survive. You You'll know, I'll be out. all right. You'll figure it out. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, congrats on that, man. That's that's the best. Thank you. All right, so uh, you guys ready to wrap this thing up? Wrap it up. Ryan, thank you so much for helping set this thing up and for, uh, you know, just being a part of the show and, and yeah. creating content. It was an absolute blast. So cheers to you. Thank you so much. Best of luck to you guys in the new tap room. Thank yes, you. Best of luck. Continued success. Guys, if you took the time to watch us or listen to us, we really appreciate you. Make sure you're following us on all the social media platforms. Look out for new episodes, new content. We've got, uh, who's coming up? We've got Root Down coming up. Mm. We've got uh, Kenneth Brewfest coming up. We've got Be Here Brewing coming up. Uh, there's somebody else that I'm missing. But lots of exciting stuff, so make sure you guys are following us, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs>